Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It With Us Caramel. As we say, 100. Yes, yes. How are everybody doing this fine evening? I hope everybody's having a blessed day. Um, I have this wonderful guest that's coming on, and I can't wait to speak to her. She has a lot of things going on, and um, she does a lot of things as well. She does essays, articles. She's a writer. She's a freelancer, editor. So, uh, yeah, so everybody introduce, I'm about to introduce you to Jennifer Redman. How are you, hon? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Awesome. So you in California. Actually, I'm from California, but we are currently on our sailboat in uh, the beautiful Washington State, um, almost to the border of Canada. And, um, yeah, so we are, we are in um, Port Townsend. That is beautiful. Yes, it really, really is. It's been kind of a bucket list place for us. We, um, in the book, I write about us being sailing around in Mexico, and now we're sailing around in Washington. So we've taken one coast, you know, one part of the United States West Coast and done it all. <laughs> Let me ask you, so what, what, okay, that was one of your bucket lists, right? So yeah. why would this be one of your one of your dreams to do? Like, you know, everybody has their bucket list of, you know, what they want to do, right? But why right. was this one of your bucket lists? Well, in the book, I'm, there's, it's, so there's two different stories. In the book, um, I was 28 when that, when that adventure started, and I didn't know anything about sailing, and we got onto a boat, and we'd just been married like six months, and we took off from Mexico on this little sailboat, and we ended up spending a year in Mexico on a boat. <laughs> so that was crazy fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so that's what the whole story's about. But since then, we have had the boat in, you know, it's been in Mexico, it's been in California, it's been up and down the coast. Um, and now, um, you know, back in 2020, when kind of, you know, both of us work from home from the boat, um, my husband's a college professor, and I am, as you said, an editor. So we decided to sail north from San Diego, and we sailed up to San Francisco and sailed around there. And then we brought the boat up here to Washington because it's kind of one of those great unspoiled parts of the world. I don't want to say like other places are spoiled, but right. <laughs> there's lots of natural beauty. There's lots of, you know, bald eagles and sea lions and seals oh. and whales. And it's just really, really incredible. So it's just been a real treat. And we've been here about uh, 18 months, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, looking, seeing a whale, I think whales yeah. are beautiful, right? right? And so it's just like it's they're like do they jump they they jump up like dolphins, yeah. correct? Exactly. Exactly, except it, it's a much bigger splash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they really are something. Um, and when we were in Mexico, we would see dolphins and whales quite a bit, too. And on the coast of California, there's plenty of dolphins. It turns out dolphins up here are like, don't ask me why, but they're a lot more shy. Like, you don't see big schools of dolphins jumping all over the place. Like, every time I see a dolphin, I'm like, there's a dolphin. And my husband goes, where? And I'm like, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's convinced now that I've invented that there are even dolphins around her. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, it's like, okay, so my first trip was on a carnival cruise, right? Right. And I got seasick. 
Like I, oh. I and I try not to get seasick, but I got like really dizzy. So you're not seasick from well, right? That first trip. I definitely was because, you know, I don't know how much everybody knows about the geography of this area, but um, in California, when you go south, you're going along what's a long peninsula, which is Baja, California, um, and you go down this peninsula, and then you turn around and come back up the peninsula, you know, just sort of like Florida, right? Um but once you're coming up, the wind is going against you and the waves are going against you and the boat just goes bam, crash, you know, Ooh. and all of that. And oh my goodness, I was sick as a dog. <laughs> it was oh not my pretty. gosh. Yeah. And and so every day I would be like, okay, I made it through that day. And it was like a, not a week solid, but I mean a week where there was like bad bad hours and bad days. <laughs> and then finally we were, uh, you know, I kind of, my my body got used to it, you know. I guess it's an inner ear thing or solid lead. So it's like you say, the dizziness, the nausea. But yeah. eventually, you're eventually your brain just kind of goes, oh, this is what we're going to do now. And now, because I live on a boat, I never, never get seasick. So. so do you be scared of, like, we was talking about, like, whales and dolphins, but do you ever be scared of, like, a fear of sharks or anything like that? Well... <laughs> I don't, it's something you don't think about. I mean, I grew up in California swimming all the time, and I've spent time in Florida and, you know, swum lots of beaches, and, you know, you just don't sit around thinking about it. But when we were down in Baja, um, we were, we would go out and, like, swim around, and, you know, you can, you could, uh, my husband would have a spear gun, he'd go looking for fish, and i go looking for, like, clams and scallops. I mean, you know, not that this happened every night, but mm-hmm. sometimes. So I was swimming, and I look over, and he's holding this spear with this fish on it, which, of course, is dripping blood in the water. And I look down, and underneath me, like 20 feet underneath me, and through this crystal clear water are these two sharks. <gasps> and they're swimming right towards him. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I just, I'm yelling, shark, shark. And he's yelling, I can't hear you. That's what I got. <laughs> I'm just going, oh, my God. This is the last, the last shot of my new, you know, my honeymoon uh, husband. And uh, But he, he managed to, I finally yelled, like, seriously loud. And he just kind of got up and walked across the water. Oh, <laughs> God. I would be, I'd be terrified. <laughs> I would definitely be terrified. <laughs> You know, um, how fast you can move. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I would be terrified. I would be definitely be like, oh my god, here comes a shark. I don't even know what to do. I'd probably be stunned. But you know, I was I was trying to swim like really gently, you know, which is not a thing. (laughs) I've been trying to swim quickly, but like not make any kind of motion in the water or like alert them that here I am, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm, like, trying to swim really fast, but also, like, not even break the surface of the water. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. And I scrambled up the, the ladder onto the boat, and I don't think we stayed, I mean, I think the next day we just left that area, because it was just going to be in our minds that every time we went swimming, we were going to picture those sharks. Not that they couldn't have been anywhere else by then. I mean, they're not, they're not pets. <laughs> they go wherever they want to go, right? Yeah. But you just not, you're not going to be sitting there obsessing about it. But we swam with dolphins. I mean, the dolphins would come in and swim around in the bay. And, and whales, you know, swim really close to the boat. And it's 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 exciting, but not usually scary. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so 
I know that, you know, you've been in the, on the boat for 18 months, okay? And you've seen sharks and she's whales, you've seen dolphins, you've seen all these beautiful these birds and all this. So how do you eat on the boat? Like, I mean, like, like, do you, y'all stop at ports or y'all yes. go somewhere and, yes, and exactly. eat? Okay. Exactly. Well, we don't, you know, we don't wait to eat till we get somewhere because that would be a long time. Right. <laughs> I like to eat way too much for that. Um, but, you know, back in the day, like this memoir that I wrote is set in 1990, you know, when I was a younger girl and we were newlyweds. And so, of course, you know, I wanted to make good food that right. was also, you know, tasty and all that. So um, when we first took off, I made things that, you know, could be like reheated you know, I don't want to say casserole, but you know what I mean, kind of yeah. chicken and veggies and rice and stuff like that. And then I would just heat it up when we got somewhere, you know, like I'd mm-hmm. have it in the fridge and I would just heat it up. And we would usually be so tired at the end of the day that by the time I heated up and we ate it, we were like falling asleep at the table. So, but then we would go to places like, you know, Mexico is full of, you know, Mexican food. So that's a good thing. Right, right. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there's a little mom and pop cafe, sometimes right on the beach and you know you've got like fresh fish and you've got guys coming up you know even when we were in little bays people would come up in in little boats and say like do you want to buy some fish and i say yeah you know and for five dollars they'd hand you a couple of lobsters i mean it was just like amazing so there was a lot of good food to be had and we caught fish too but um you know a lot of it is the, the same kind of um you know ordinary food that you eat you know, me. I make pasta. I make salads. I make rice and beans. I make, you know, um, split peas with ham hocks. You know, things. Okay. You know, so you, you be know. cooking it up on the boat. I do. I have like a little two burner stove. So for people like that have been in an RV or gone camping in an RV or something, it's kind of like an RV sized kitchen. It's but because I'm so used to it, I don't sit there and go like, oh, how will I do this? You know, it's just mm-hmm. what it is. Right. It's, it's not like people that live in a van now and they're trying to cook on a little tiny hibachi or something. Right. <laughs> that's a little more, that's a little tougher. <laughs> yeah, so since you've been on the boat, I know the cost of living is way different from what, what's going on now, right? Because right now the rent and or any cost of living is expensive, you yep. know, right now. So I know right now you save a lot by living on the boat. Yeah, but, but of course the costs for everything have gone up. So we have a diesel engine, and diesel is, you know, the price diesel is mm-hmm. five fifty, six bucks, depends on where you are. Um, in some parts of the world, it's twice that much. Um, but you know, and and all the you know having done to the boat and things like that are expensive. Um, but one of the things that has gone up is the price of a marina. Like it used to cost like three hundred dollars a month to have your boat in a marina, and now it's like nine hundred dollars a month. So even though that's still really cheap compared to a house, mm-hmm. um, it depends on where you are. I mean, I know places in, like my publisher's in Toronto, and Toronto's like a couple thousand dollars a month. You know, New York is a couple thousand dollars a month, you know, for the cheapest marinas, and they could be more. Because, say, in when we were in Florida, we lived on the grounds of like a resort. I mean, it was like a hotel that, you know, and you pay whatever you pay for your slip rental for your boat, but you also have access to, you know, pool and a hot tub and, you know, it can be right. pretty sweet. So kind of like living in a condo if your condo floated. <laughs> right. But do you ever, do you ever miss like not being on the boat or do you love being on the boat more? Well, you know, it turns out that in 30, 
four and a half years of marriage, we've been on the on a boat. We had a smaller boat. Now we have a slightly larger sailboat, and um, we've been on the boat for over thirty of those years, like thirty two years so we just keep coming back to it we really love being able to constantly you know be on the move um i don't mean constantly like every day right but you don't um if you even if you move into a marina you can always end up with neighbors you don't like right (laughs) and you know they run up the wrong kind of flag and we've been like "Hmm, that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. um we have to leave now I won't mention any political words. Right, right. There right. are certain things you don't want your neighbor to be flying a flag for. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I totally understand where you're coming from, yep. you know. Because we're, we're good Californians, you know. We we love everybody, but, you know, we drop a line. <laughs> right. So when you're out in the sea and mm-hmm. and you find like, that special spot, right? Yes. So y'all just anchored there? <laughs> Yeah, so when you're out at sea, like if you're way offshore and you have to travel, you know, like overnight or something, you you just take turns. Somebody's at the wheel and the other person's down below sleeping. So that's, they call taking watches. So one person's watching and steering, the other person's sleeping, and then you take turns. Um, But if you're stopping, like for the night, you would pull into a place, you know, where there's like a, a bay or semi-protected um and then drop an anchor and then you know you just kind of hang out there but you know in in the united states now there aren't too many places you know and that's why where we are right now is so mm-hmm. wonderful because there's a lot of state parks and places where you can go and there's just like a mooring buoy that you can just hook your boat up to and stay there for three days and then move on to another one and move on to another place or anchor someplace for the night or if you want to treat yourself, you can go spend $900 a month to be in a marina in Seattle someplace, you know, right. and have all the com- kind of all the comforts of home, meaning you have a laundry room and a shower. <laughs> Wow, yeah. So you're enjoying your like just the way to listen to you and hearing what you know how you're talking is like you're enjoying your life, you know. I, yes, I think this I is mean, the best moment for you, and it, it it really in a lot of ways is, you know, it really is because back when this book is written, I kind of was in between careers, though I didn't mm-hmm. really know it yet. If that makes sense, yeah. I kind of knew that one phase of my life was ending and another one was beginning but I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up even though I was almost 30 years old <laughs> right. um, you know I'd been in acting I'd, I'd you know been waiting tables like most actors um, and then I started writing and that and that ended up turning into you know what has become my 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 other career which was editing and, and writing and so I've been very lucky um, and you know, my husband also works in the boat, as I say, so we can, you know, we're not retired, we're, we're, we're still working, and but we can do what we do from the boat, and so, yeah, I'd say we're very, very blessed. So when you mention your husband and, and, and yourself, so what about the sexual, you know, behavior? How... <laughs> I mean, well, like, it is called a honeymoon at sea. My book is called honeymoon at sea, so you're you're allowed to ask that. Um, well, obviously, you know this was we you know we were we were um, we were on our honeymoon, so there was a boat was rocking occasionally. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. And people 
were always teasing us about, well, we came by, but the boat was rocking, so we didn't walk on it. And so we're like, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we, one of the things that really wasn't seriously cool was that because we didn't, like a lot of people, I think, you know, you go on honeymoon, if you're lucky, it's a week long, two weeks long, you know, right. some people maybe a month at the most, and then you have to go back to work, and you've got, you know, family and friends yeah. and work and the demands of life, right, and we were not that we didn't have a demanding life, we had to, you know, do all the things that running a sailboat takes, but we weren't being pulled in all those directions, if that makes sense. So we were really concentrating a lot on ourselves and each other and doing, you know, um, and so we really, I think, spent a lot of quality time and we had a lot of great talks and, and, awesome. and yeah, and it, I mean, that doesn't sound like it has to do with sex, but of course, as anybody who's been in a relationship <laughs> knows, you know, that's how it begins. And if, if you're not talking and you're not being honest with each other and you're not talking about your past and the things that you like and don't like and, and you know, all of that, if you don't have communication, then you don't have good sex. So That is true. Kind of I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. But that's super awesome because you do have to have communication in a relationship. Yeah. And if you don't oh, have I, any kind if you're not binded or binded to the person that you're with, the, sure. the sexual is not going to happen like you want it to because you don't feel any sparks. You don't feel exactly. anything. It, it feels like it's empty. You know? Exactly. You might as well be playing, you know, tennis or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, okay, really good tennis, but still, you yeah. know, it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't have that spiritual effect, the right, right. Or that, that deeper connection. And we've been very lucky, and obviously we're quite a bit older now, um, but we're we're still having fun, oh, and um, we're we're still, you know, reading each other, you know, spicy passages in books, and oh. you know, he'll say, "Ooh, come see this," you know. Oh. Oh, look at uh, him! You know, so we share things with each other, and we know what uh, what makes each other, you know. Yeah, that is so. That is so <laughs> awesome. That's inspiring, because because y'all been together for so long, and sometimes you know, you know, people lose that spark in their relationship, right? right? It's because they're not doing what you you guys are doing, right? They don't have the communication. They they're tired of the person, or they're they've been there for so long, so they they have a little routine you know, that they right. do every day. But for right. you guys, y'all still share that spark because y'all still do these little, you know, little messages to each other. You still, you know, throw out these little <laughs> exactly. hints and stuff. And that's exactly. how you continue a relationship and make it spicy, you know, because you're like, oh, and you start falling in love with this person all over again because of little things that they do. You know? Exactly, and people say like, "Oh, how do you, how do you?" Um, and people will often say this: "How can you take that being so, you know, with somebody in such a small space all the time?" But if you think about it, that's just a mindset. So, in other words, when you're squeezing past somebody you love in the hallway, you know, you can yeah. get a little squeeze. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to be like, "Why are you in my way?" Instead, it can be an excuse to give them a little squeeze or a little pat. Or
be the two of us and, you know, but, but let's set some time aside and, you know, maybe have go out for brunch, have a little mimosa or something. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, all, that's super, date, that's super awesome. I think, yeah. that, I think that people, sometimes people say that I want my space. I need my space, exactly. right? But at the same time, you know, you know, if you find someone that that you love so deeply and 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 you want to be with that person, I, I think space is not even the issue. You know, it's yeah, it's more I like agree. I want to be with this person. This is what I want. You know, I love right. this person so much. Like, this right. is this is this this person is my person for me. There you go. There you go. And I think that is it exactly. And I also think that a lot of times when people are frustrated with the other person, they're really frustrated where they are in life. Like, in other words, this person's, um, you know, telling me I can't do these things. Well, mm-hmm. really, is, is the person telling you that or are you afraid to take that chance or are you afraid to do this thing or are you afraid to, right. you know, embrace something more deeply you know i mean i don't know you can you can turn this into we can have a whole psychological oh yes we can we can we can do that but we can so you so you think that people are i i feel like sometimes i feel like it's jealousy you know yes because they're jealous of what you have and what and because of what they don't have you know to be honest and so do a lot because when you say that a lot of people come to you like well how can you be in that small space you know I think that the reason why they say that is because they want to be where you are with the, yeah, with the mate that they, like, with the mate that they're with. Right, but I mean, they may even say, I don't think I could do that, but mm-hmm. I think there's also some part of people, um, like one person that reviewed my book said, if you've ever wanted to just, you know, sail off into the sunset, and who hasn't? <laughs> right, right. And I think there is that feeling that you're leaving life and going off to just a state of, of constant adventure, mm-hmm. but of course that's not true. I mean, of course we have to do things like, you know... Pay rent and clean house. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's bills and there's, you know, there's family, there's obligations, there's life. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's a dog to walk, and I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not. It's it, none of those things are hard. They're just life. You know. Um, but I think if somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to go live in a cabin in the woods," right? Mm-hmm. You might end up like being Thoreau and being this really cosmic philosophical person, or you might go stir crazy, right? That's why they call it cabin fever, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, because that could drive you crazy too. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's all, it's all, as you said, is where you want to be mm-hmm. in your life and how comfortable you are with yourself and where you are. There are definitely times when, we get on each other's nerves and we'll go our separate ways in this small space and he's got his headphones on listening to music and I'm over here watching, you know, my friends yeah. on TikTok or whatever, you know, and that's okay. It doesn't, you don't have to be in somebody's, you know, sitting on their lap all the time. Right. Oh my God. You know, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And so, so that was, that's the reason why you wrote your book, right? Yes. Exactly, because I think people kept saying, that's such an interesting choice. And, of course, the longer we lived on a boat, mm-hmm. um, the more 
more people would go like, but you're still doing it. That's And that, I think, was what my publisher, when she read my manuscript, said, now, tell me, you guys are still on a boat? And I go, yeah, not that boat, but we are on a slightly larger sailboat, 35-foot sailboat, which is mm-hmm. still small. And um, and she just thought, well, that's, you know, the way the boat or the book has to begin is with you in the present time. And I said, well, that's, you know, here, what do you think of this? And so, in other words, when people pick up the book, it starts with us in, on the boat now, pretty much. And and then it goes back in time, you know, and of course, there's also things where I flash back to, I had kind of hippie parents that were always traveling and what that mm-hmm. was like for me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, um, so there's, there's a lot to um, the book. It isn't, believe me, it's not a big a book about sailing and people think, oh no, I don't know. I don't like sailing. I'm not interested in sailing. There's a lot about, as you're just talking about, intimacy, mm-hmm. um, love, marriage, mm-hmm. getting along, and trying to figure out who you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, how can, what advice would you give um, someone when they want to start writing a book about their journey? Well, one of the things I have definitely talked to people about is a lot of times people will say, um, well, I have journals. I've written journals about the whole time I was hiking or camping or walking or, you know, something that they want to write a book about. And I say, that's great. It's wonderful. It's it's kind of like you've done your research, <laughs> but that isn't, you can't just print journals. And mm-hmm. That isn't a book. So the book has to have a shape, if that makes sense. It has to have a story. It has to have a something to say, as it were. And so a lot of times people say, oh, I've written a blog for 10 years. I have all these blog posts, so I have a book. It's like, well, not exactly. (laughs) So, you know, it it basically what you want to do is sit down and, you know, either transcribe what you've written already or maybe just start with, you know, one of the stories that took place in that time. You know, say you're writing about, you know, uh, going to college, you know, your first year of college. Well, what's a time that you remember? You know, or maybe writing about your childhood. What's a scene that you remember being in your grandmother's kitchen? What was that like? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Literally, you know, put yourself in that position, put yourself in that place, try and embrace those memories and think of the sensory, you know, the feeling, the smells, you know, all of that. And then you just kind of build on that, you know, so that each day you can come back and read what you've written and go, oh, that reminds me of something else. And I was just actually teaching a memoir class the other day, and I was telling people, they said, well, I keep trying to remember these things, and I'm like, believe it or not, the more you do it, the more you remember. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it sounds weird that you could practice remembering, but you really can. The more you do it every day that you go back to it, and of course that's true if you're writing fiction too. If somebody's writing a novel, let's say they want to just write a, you know, a love story or a mystery or a thriller, that each day that they come back to it, they build on what they've already written, and then the characters start to become real. <laughs> Right. And they start to do stuff, <laughs> and and pretty soon they're like, hey, now I know what I can do next, you know. So it becomes fun, and and you don't, you know, then you don't feel like, oh gosh, I have to go write. It's like, oh, I can hardly wait to go write. So that's the fun part. Awesome. So how can people find you and you know to read your book and sure. if, if they want to contact you about anything that they sure. might need help with something, how can they find you? You bet. 
Well, um, I'm the only Jennifer Silva Redmond on Facebook. So if you type in all three names, Jennifer Silva, like S-I-L-V-A, Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm also J Silva Redmond on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I have a website, which is Jenny Redbug, R-E-D-B-U-G, like a red bug, <laughs> which is sort of silly, but it's stuck. <laughs> JennyRedbug.com, and I've been blogging there since like 2010, and so there's a bunch of book reviews and things about um, writing and things about our travels. And it also has a link there to my current Substack newsletter, which is all about unimmunity. So people could go there and go to the, to the click on that link, and it will t- take them to. And the book's available, of course, on Amazon, but also at any bookstore that you care to order it. Uh, we'll be able to get it in because my publisher is really good with distribution, and they've done a great job at getting it out there. It's only been out about a week, but it's um, wow. it's far and wide. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's just yeah. awesome. So, Jennifer, I want to say that it's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, well, God. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed hearing about our continuing honeymoon. Yes, <laughs> yes. I will say kahoot to your husband. Okay. <laughs> I will. Awesome. Um, I'll pass that on to him, and I hope people will enjoy looking, uh, reading honeymoon at sea. And I'm really glad to get to talk to you about it. Awesome. You take care and keep selling. I will. All take right. care. All right. Bye bye.